I'm Larry Woodard, and welcome to Admire. My guest today is an extraordinary human being. He's been the keyboardist for the Steve Miller Band since 1993, fronts his own band, The Hands of Soul, and is part of the multi-talented family known as the Wooden Brothers. He's also a prolific songwriter, composer, singer, studio musician, author, motivational speaker, and philanthropist. He's the founder of a nonprofit organization called I Matter, You Matter. He's also my first cousin, Joseph Wooden. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you there, Cousin Larry. Yeah, man, you make me uh, you make me sound good. Hopefully, I can live up live up to my introduction. <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've got a lot to cover, and I promise myself okay. that I won't fall into the trap of trying to cover it all. In fact, my objective today really is to share some of your music and to talk about your activism. So let's get the preliminaries out of the way quick. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, your family, and your musical journey. Okay, well, I come uh, I come from a musical family. My uh, my uh, my mother was your dad's sister, so you know our, our parents are siblings. But I have um, musician brothers. I'm one of five. I'm second to the youngest. We had a band called the Wooten. Well, we still do have a band called the Wooten Brothers. We started playing in the mid '60s, and uh, we still play music now. I play keyboards and sing, and uh, my little brother Victor, Victor Wooten plays bass. The both of us were taught by my oldest brother Reggie. I was five, Victor was two, my oldest brother was only ten. That's the amazing part of our story. He taught himself to play, taught us to play. Um, my three older brothers are three, four, and five years older than me. Rudy played the saxophone, Roy plays the drums, Reg, Roy, a.k.a. Future Man, plays the drums. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reggie plays the guitar. His nickname is the teacher. Uh, we opened for war back in 1970. We were little. We opened for Curtis Mayfield two years later. Yeah. 1972, we were we were just children. And we moved to Virginia. Uh, played a bunch in Virginia, North Carolina. In the mid-80s, we got a record deal with Arista Records. Mm-hmm. And uh, we signed to Arista at the same time that they signed Whitney Houston. And uh, so my brother Roy played drums on on Whitney's debut single. I sang a song, sang with Whitney on a song called Thinking About You on Whitney's uh, debut album. Uh, We used the same producer, Kashif, Mm -hmm. and uh, Whitney signed a really good deal and we signed a really bad one. (laughs) So, uh, you know, Whitney did what Whitney did and we learned you know, we learned some hard lessons in real time, but because we were raised the right way, we took a uh, hardship and uh, helped it to make us better. So all of us, all the brothers still make a living playing music, except my middle brother, Rudy, passed away. He used to blow two saxophones at the same time. He passed away in, in 2010, and uh, they were kind enough to name the only designated jazz venue in Nashville after Rudy. Rudy's Jazz Room is in Nashville, Tennessee, so that's a fitting tribute for him. And it's a fun family to be a part of. There's a lot of talent in this family and a lot of love, too. That's uh, great, and, and and thank you for, for that that intro. I know that um, if you really wanted to do it justice, we'd, we'd be talking for a couple of hours. Uh <laughs> Uh, I want to play a clip of one of your keyboard solos on stage with the Steve Miller Band from Fly Like an Eagle. Okay. Hmm. 
it, it, it's got to be a very different year after 27 years with the Steve Miller Band not to be on stage somewhere in the world right now. Well, it it is it is, but when you when you plan on making a living as a musician, uh, you sign up to be prepared for anything, right? Uh, the Steve Miller gig, it, it was a good gig to have, but you know, nothing in the music business lasts forever. So yeah, it's it's something to get used to uh, not playing live, but I, I still get a chance to play. You know, it's just not in front of a live audience, not in front of a live audience all the time. But music, music hasn't gone away. Creativity hasn't gone away. And uh, the important things in life stay important. You know, uh, respecting each other, trying to make the country better, trying to trying to show people with music like how to be better people. That part of it didn't change. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it on stage. Right, right. Uh, in some ways, um, you know, as you're you're leading uh, to this, has to be a great time. You know, put aside income concerns and COVID fears. You have a lot of abilities and interests. You write songs. You've written a book. You're a speaker. Have a nonprofit. How have you been keeping occupied over the last nine months? Well, when you're not on stage, I mean, even when I traveled, I used my downtime, you know, on a tour, there's a lot of downtime. So I used to use it to read and study and contemplate and ponder and try to think of ways of making this, this, uh, this country, this world better. So I've been, I've been doing a good deal of reading, uh, been reading about, about, history and kind of how we how we got here I'll, I'll go into that later but um i've done some i've done some online uh online charity work for like there's a, a thing called the dismas house house here down here in in nashville that uh that helps with like people coming out of the prison system and helping them uh get back into regular life and i've done a thing with avenues for justice which has a that's having more to do with uh, juvenile justice and uh, and and helping them also. And there's another thing called the Next Door down here. They help women in crisis. I've I've played music with them, and I've spoken to those women who I think are the you know who I think are the real heroes because the heroines. Right. They're fighting. They're fighting. they fighting the issues that most of us avoid. I've helped with my brother Victor. You know his music camps and uh, doing it virtually, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've given some keyboard lessons. I've been recording at home for other people. I've been recording for myself, working on my own projects. Uh, you know, I've been a part of some different things. Songs for Democracy did a online concert, and you know, I just been when you when you have downtime, you, I try to use it just to make myself better. So I've been doing a good deal of reading, studying. And uh, watching current events. <laughs> that, that, that's cool. We're hopefully nearing the end of a very contentious pre- presidential election. You wrote a song urging people to vote. Let me play a clip and then you can tell us about how you came to write it and how it was received. Got it. John Lewis bled on the Pettus Bridge to give black folks the rights to show this country what freedom is. So keep up the fight. It's time to vote. I'm still you know that uh, I'm very much grooving in the studio right now. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, you know, I, I wrote that song uh, 
my cousin Larry, you you called me a few months ago and said, I got this campaign. You know, I'm still voting. I need a funky song. Yeah, yeah. So I kicked it around for a while, and, and that's what I came up with. Um, I didn't realize that it was going to be talking about John Lewis so much, but uh, John Lewis happened to pass away, and uh, his vibe was very much in the air. Mm-hmm. And if you're voting, especially if you're black and voting, uh, then John Lewis looms large. John Lewis bled on the Pettus Bridge to give black folks the right to show us to uh, to show this country what freedom is. So keep up the fight. Right. He fought for all of us. So if you're trying to get people to vote, it only makes sense that you put John Lewis front and center. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You've been on on a Facebook uh, on Facebook with the show interacting (laughs) with people. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, for a while, I was doing a I was doing a, a FaceTime, uh, not FaceTime, but a, uh, a, a live stream called uh, "Phone to the Rescue" on Thoughtful Thursday, and uh, I just wanted to get on there and just sort of talk to people about the things that are going on in the country. I mean, most of the most of the division that we have happens because we don't talk to each other. We talk at each other after there's a after there's an issue, Trayvon Martin or O.J. Simpson or, you know, Breonna Taylor, but we don't talk in between, which is why by the time we start talking, we're on two different ends of the spectrum. So uh, uh, I was doing that for a while. Now I'm working on, I'm working on another podcast, uh, working on another podcast to get a chance to do that more on the regular. But the way that I see it is that people don't, people that, People don't talk enough unless they agree with with each other already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to to problem solve, you have to talk to some people that don't think like you. I mean, I find myself lately saying a lot: if we talk more, we'll fight less. And because we don't talk enough, we fight too much. When we fight instead of talk. And uh, um, as I see it, uh, the 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 thing that we can learn from music. In music, you can take things that don't relate and make them relate with rhythm, right? Like when I'm talking to young people, I'll drop a chair and I'll cough, right? I say these two things don't have anything to do with each other. But if I do it on the beat, drop, cough, drop, cough, drop, drop, cough, right? Mm-hmm. Now these things that don't relate have a relationship. And it's not, it's not a guarantee that I'll be able to make music from it. But the only way that I can make music from these two things that don't relate to each other without rhythm is to, to put him on the beat and I have a chance to make music. And the analogy with life is uh, when people don't think alike, you get them to relate not with rhythm, but with respect. Mm-hmm. Respect is the thing that makes two things, that two thought processes that aren't alike have a relationship. There's no guarantee it will work, but for it to work, it has to have respect in the same way music has to have rhythm for things that aren't alike to relate. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I'm trying to teach with music and with example. Um, if you respect somebody, then there's a chance that you can work through it. If you don't respect somebody, then all you're doing is trying to make them think more like you. And that's, that's not, uh, that's not really what we're here for. Right. 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 Very cool. Um, even with the news of vaccines, which will be available over the next six months or so, COVID-19 mm-hmm. is going to continue to be an issue affecting live music events and travel. 
What's your best case scenario thinking about the next 12 to 18 months? <laughs> well, I mean, the best case scenario is that the vaccine works as good or better than they, than they think it does. And, and people will, will either take it or, or take it and, or abide by, uh, uh, anti-COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. But, um, all of it, as I see it anyway, all of it depends on how comfortable people are being in a crowd again. That's the, that's the unknown. Right. Right. We don't know how comfortable people are going to be like when, when the next time people are going to be comfortable being 10,000 people strong, 20,000 people strong, 50,000 people strong. We don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in the meantime, we got to figure out how to let the dust settle with this COVID thing. I think the vaccine, just the, already, just the fact, just the potential of the vaccine being here has gotten people to feel better right, right, <laughs> about right, being right. out. And when when the vaccine comes, if it works like they said it works, then the numbers should come down. And if people, just if people would just wear masks, socially distance and wash hands, the numbers would come down. But I think as the numbers start to come down, uh, things will gradually start to get back to a to a new normal. It'll never be back where it was before, I don't think, mm-hmm. at least not in the near future. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think uh, hopefully the the vaccine and also also um, if we if we have a new president when we have a new president mm-hmm. inaugurated. Uh, the uh, the climate will be different. Mm-hmm. The climate will be different, and and hopefully the hopefully the uh, COVID won't be politicized so hard. Right, right. And we'll have a chance to just just get back to get back to just agreeing or disagreeing on politics, but not vilifying each other. Right, right. Yeah, that, that that's going to be nice. Um, uh, we're coming into the holiday season. Christmas bookended by Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. You've always been really active around the Christmas season with the concert and Christmas music. I'm going to play now a little bit of one of your Christmas tunes, A Merry Christmas Time of Year. So tell us about um, your, your usual Christmas season and, 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 and what this year is going to look like. Okay, well, my normal Christmas season, um, right around now, uh, I'm always preparing for my, uh, my, I have a birthday on the 15th of December. Mm-hmm. I was born uh, on the same day as the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment, so... I do a birthday Christmas concert every year, birthday slash Christmas. And uh, my brothers are always the highlight mm-hmm. of that concert. I do it with my band, Joseph Wooten and the Hands of Soul. And then my brothers come up as a special feature. This year, uh, with COVID and the fact that most of the venues are not open, uh, my brothers and I are planning on doing a live stream this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still not 100% certain of the date 
but we're going to do it in December. Um, that's my, and also I'll be playing, uh, there's a Christmas concert with a man named Mike Ferris, and I'm going to help him get his Christmas concert ready. Right. But, uh, you know, obviously COVID has, uh, COVID has slowed things down a lot. It hasn't slowed down the creation of music. It's just slowed down the chance to play a lot. Right, right. You spend a lot of your time trying to bring people together uh, and helping them to be aware of those around them as, as you've I do. so far. You know, through music, speaking, writing, your foundation. What would you like to tell our listeners as we head towards a new administration, a new year, and um, a post-pandemic world? What I'd like to tell the listeners, I think the best thing we can do, um, I wrote a thing the other day that um, leadership comes from the top, but uh, but healing comes down here on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's a time not so much to, to uh, get everybody to think like us. It's just a time to respect each other and their differences. Um, I think it's, it, it's important for us to talk to some people that don't think like us, that don't think like us. That's the only way that we can uh, uh, build, build respect. It's like if somebody, if somebody has lived their whole life in the basement and somebody has lived their whole life on the roof. They can talk about the same house. They both they're both right, but they're disagreeing heavily, only because they haven't taken the time to listen to the other person's experience. So, uh, what I would say to the listeners: Let's talk more, so that we'll fight less. And even if somebody disagrees with you, let's get out of the habit of disrespecting people because they think differently than us. And if we do that. If we do that, we can survive our differences. And just like in music, the differences will make the music better. The differences will make uh, our diversity will make our country better. Mm-hmm. As is, if we respect each other, <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, as uh, is usual the case, usually the case. Um, whenever I have someone on the show. Um, generally speaking, there is interest about what they're doing. And so I like to take the time uh, to let people know how they can actually interface. So you have a book. Uh, Tell us about your book and how to get it. (laughs) The book is called It All Matters, What I Believe, Words That I Live By. And you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. I'm working on the the audio book as we speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, get it on Amazon. It's a it's a great book. My mother, I wish my mother had have, uh, written her wisdoms down, so I figured I would write mine down. Right. There's a, there's a book, uh, Keep Your Eye Out for the Wooten Brothers live stream that's going to, the Wooten Brothers Christmas live stream that's coming out. I have, a, uh, I have a charity called I Matter, You Matter Incorporated. You can go to imatterumatter.com, check that out. You can donate or just interact. If you like, I matter with the letter I, not E-Y-E, I matter, you matter, dot com. Very good. Thank you. My guest has been Joseph Wooden. I'm Larry Woodard, and this has been Admire. I'm going to let Joseph's Christmas song, Oh Mary, take us out. 